Welcome to today's episode of Let Me Be Brief. I am your co-host, Andy Rieger, joined as always by my good friend, Matt Basinger. Matt did not join me for a gin tonic before this episode. We're in the Let It Fly Media Studios. Today is day one of us being in this beautiful new building that they have. And today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Emprise Bank. Our guest today is Trevor Curtis. He is the co-owner of Express Employment. Got it. <laughs> Everyone's looking at you me are laughing. You so awkward. Why is everyone staring at me and laughing at me? So we're going to go ahead and get this started now. Uh, Trevor, welcome to the show. Thanks so much. It's you, a Tre- to Trevor be here. just laughed at me also, just yeah. so we're all clear. <laughs> yeah. It's a pleasure to be here, and I've loved all your episodes before, and it's a great community, so look forward to it. We sure appreciate it. Well, hey, let's just get started with the softball question. What do you do? Great question. So we change people's lives through employment, whether you are a lower skilled, uh, hourly, white collar, blue collar, on up to professional placement with all kinds of degrees, we can help people find uh, what truly drives them. So you mentioned a little bit ago that you are a franchisee. When you are looking to start a franchise here in the city or in whatever city you want to go to, how are you financing that? Do you have investors? Are you looking for bank loans? What are sort of the... I mean, are you calling Emprise Bank to, to figure that out? Or is that coming out of your own funding? Or like, yeah, what... Sorry to cut you off. I'm just... I mean, if you're looking for really good rates, obviously, it's where you go. Uh, and they have really good cookies in their lobby, too. <laughs> yes, for, for sure. I mean, self-funding, of course. But most most people that are growing need need a bank, you know, need a banking relationship. Yeah. So like get it now, just dive in. Let's, let's dive in. Right. Uh, what does that look like on a more like logistical day-to-day basis? And so, uh, working in employment, it's a, I'm, I'm guessing it's been a strange season for, uh, employment professionals. Yeah. We're going to get into this really heavy. So let's get the softballs truly out of the way. (laughs) Yeah, it is. It is a challenge. The last 18 months, well, even, even before the last Mm -hmm. 18 months, uh, finding good people was difficult. The economy was roaring. Unemployment was a, a you know, two, it was a 2% Johnson County and other uh, local areas, maybe up to maybe 4% in Wyandotte County. But um, yeah, it was hard to find good people. And then the pandemic hit. And then um, for various reasons, um, a lot of people uh, dropped out of the workforce or stayed home or uh, there, so many things happened where, uh, yeah, it was, it, it became even more difficult to find uh, good employees. Yeah. So run me through kind of just the business model so we get that uh, said. Like, are you um, working, if, if Andy posts a job at Rieger, right, are you kind of going out and finding available jobs and calling them and saying, hey, we have someone who would be a great fit? Or are you, are you waiting for Andy to come to you and he says, hey, we really need to fill this position. Can you help us? Do you have anyone who, who is in your group of friends, right? Like, what does the day-to-day logistics look like there? Yeah, our, our model is very simple. We need positions and we need people, right? So we have a sales team. We network a lot uh, to go find companies who want a good partner. Um, on it's the probably other- really difficult right now, right? Finding companies that need to hire people. <laughs> yeah, that, they're calling us for once. Yeah, uh, it used to be where we had to really go hunt, and and there's there's a ton of staffing companies that l- like we do. We're, there's there's competition, but be, where there's competition, there's business. Mm-hmm. Um, but in in this market, it's really shifted to now. It's just hard to find people. So we have a ton of job openings. Um, companies are clamoring to work for, with, with staffing companies, but our issues mirror the same as the as the client, yep. and that is uh, if they're having a hard time finding people, so are we. It's just that's what we 
do all day, every day. So we're still finding some. It's just not the volume we used to be able to find. Sure. Um, but it's interesting how the pandemic really created a movement from your, we used to be able to fill a production job at $11 an hour. We used to get, we'd be able to get, find dozens of people in a couple hour period to work $11 an hour. Mm. Now, I mean, it's 15 maybe. So the wages have really shifted. Um, it, it, it is it is so different now, um, but yeah, we, we need both. We need the companies to work with mm -hmm. as well as well as employees to work. So we're we're gonna get into it. Why not? Um, th it. Th this is being recorded just so we're all on the same page uh, on Friday, October 29th, twenty twenty one, for context purposes. So, where are the workers? This is the biggest thing that executives talk about on the phone with each other and over drinks. Seems yeah. like every single day for the past six, eight months, it w everyone thought that once unemployment went away, it was going to shift the dynamic. It hasn't. People that, I mean, I, I speak to, I mean, on this alone, we've spoken to lenders, we've spoken to architects, I mean, we've spoken to cleaning services companies, I mean, the whole gamut. And everyone is struggling with finding from your, you know, low hourly wages to people that are looking for people that earn $150,000, $200,000 a year. Where are the jobs? Where are the people to work the jobs? I wish I had the answer. We're all asking ourselves that same question. Um, we know they're there. A lot of people dropped out of the workforce that didn't have to work. For example, COVID, uh, whether it's the danger of it, whether it's the inconvenience, whether it's, I, I don't know, for whatever reason, there are there were a lot of people that dropped out of mm -hmm. the workforce at all levels. Um, the other part of it is a lot of people started moving because now there's at-home work possibilities where maybe sure. there weren't before. So people are leaving companies and going to others. So then you have many more companies looking and we found we 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 do find that that people respond to job postings, mm -hmm. especially how how we had to shift our business was go from that low wage hourly worker on up to much more of the professional placements. So we still are finding those people, um, but they they're out there. It's just everybody's on the move. So it seems like every single company is looking, and that that's because every single company really is looking. Um, so, but they're still there. It just. Um, they're, they're, they're patient, they, they uh, still apply. Yeah. Uh, it's just, we hope it normalizes sometime, but not yeah. sure. So your business model, like how do you all make money? So uh, with the staffing side, so there's two mm -hmm. sides, there's staffing and then there's more your direct hire headhunting, typical headhunting sure. uh, model. Staffing is there are employee for the first three to four months usually, and we pay their, their, the payroll burden, workers comp, mm -hmm. um, and, and then they work a certain number of hours and then the company can hire them on at no additional fee. And so this is, they, they're working for you, but they are working at another location, that right? They're working at another company employed by you. That is correct, yep. And a lot of companies do it now. I mean, it's not just because they don't have a rec recruiting team. A lot of people use it for HR and legal risk where there are employee, if there's a, if they're just not working out after a couple of weeks, they can just call us and say, hey, you know, that this person's no longer working out. Mm -hmm. Can we release them? They were never the, the client's employee, therefore there's not wrongful termination or sure. you didn't treat me fairly. We just shift them to another assignment. Yep. Um, so a lot of companies use that for convenience. Um, but, but, and then, you know, workers comp, you know, some of these manufacturing facilities, that's, that can be um, a, an issue too, where they can make sure that they're safe with us and, and um, then bring them on full, full time. So there's a couple of reasons why people use that staffing model. 
Uh, but ultimately, it's usually for higher turnover positions that mm -hmm. they either don't want to handle it or they at their HR departments, one or two people, and then we are their recruiting arm of their HR department. Gotcha. So how are you seeing then, I'm going to hop back to yep. economy, more macro level, focusing away from or shifting away from your micro question. Everyone is trying to figure out where this really call it ends, normalizes, yeah. right? Normalizes is probably the, the better term to use that sounds more approachable. Yeah. <laughs> what is your professional opinion on that? I mean, you are as close to the employment scenario as it possibly gets. For our listeners, what is your expert opinion? COVID still is affecting us. The supply chain is still affecting us. When that stuff starts to normalize, then I think wages will start to normalize. People will be less on the move. I thought at this point we would be quote unquote normal, mm -hmm. but but we're not. And there's still issues. There's there's ships off the coast of California waiting to be unloaded because they, according to them, they can't find the workers either. You know, so a lot of businesses are being affected by that. But here's the caveat to that. Once those are, are unloaded, then all of a sudden these companies now have the product and now they have to assemble and mm -hmm. produce. And so then they're gonna, there's again, a more demand for that workforce. But I'm hoping by then, you know, COVID will have at least subsided to the point where, um, you know, people are back in the workforce, those that did drop out, um, wages are normalized, so people are less on the move. They're, they're happy with where they're at. They used to make $11 an hour, now they're making 16 and doing virtually the same thing. And uh, what concerns me is the inflation that comes along with all of that mm -hmm. is because they're making you know $5 more an hour yet doing the same thing. Companies aren't gonna take less profit, so they just increase their prices, which is what we're all seeing. So are, are you seeing, and something that I've sort of been falling into and, and hearing more of is, you know, people and companies are really utilizing this opportunity to really fix their companies and and get more efficient. And I hate to say it, away yes. from the labor pool. You know, right. be less dependent. If if you had a hundred jobs and now you can really only consistently fill seventy roles, how do you morph your company to be the same organization from a consumer standpoint? But yeah you only need 70 people to accomplish it. And it's kind of like everyone's taking on their own consulting task to figure it out. Yeah. Do you feel like some of your clients are approaching this employment problem with the same light in the same manner? Yes, we have, especially those that had a lot of uh, low skill, um, you know, monotonous production, same thing, candles, watching candles move down a line, hundreds and hundreds at, per minute, you know. Those types of jobs are, they move to a lot of machinery. Mm -hmm. So where we used to have 80 people at that particular location, now they may need 40. So I, I know for a fact that they have moved to a lot more automation for as much as they, they can, which overall is a really good thing because then you need people to, they, they still need people, but they need higher skilled people. Sure. So that is a good thing. It does mm -hmm. move our economy forward in that aspect. Um, and, and there's still gonna be jobs for people that, um, some people are happy just doing the same thing, a very predictable position, and we still have those. So my last question on this topic, do it. So what happens to the group of individuals that, you know, if you say you're seeing a lot more of this automation, which yeah. has been a trend for 20 years, I mean, we all yeah. know it, I mean, technically 200 years, right. but, you know, very sophisticated. Since in the, the last beginning of years. time. True. <laughs> 
what happens to the group of people that, let's use your candle example, you know, the employees that used to work the line that observed candles walk, you know, walking themselves down a assembly line that no longer need to be there. Are those people left holding an empty bag saying, where do I go now? Because I kept holding out from going and getting a job that was fair pay for my skill set, And I worked myself, you know, I decided I pushed myself out of the workforce. Is that going to happen? It could, but I don't think so. And here's why. Because companies, uh, they still need people to work those machines. And they, if, if you're at this point, if you're showing up to a job, companies are willing to train you. Like we used to have companies call us and say, all right, we want a guy with this ex- or a gal with this experience. We want this, this machinery, this. And now they're just like, can you just send me someone that will show up that has an aptitude and then they train them. So a lot of these people that used to do a very, you know, watching candles go down a line, they're now the people that are maybe running a machine that's doing some of that. So um, whether that's their desire or not, some people don't want that. They, they just want that position still. And they'll, they'll find another company that has that. But for the most part, it's a good thing because companies are willing to train more than we've ever seen before. Um, even like machinists that are running very sp- specific machines, they used to ask us for that experience. Now they're just like, have they had mechanical aptitude? Because mm-hmm. we will train the right person. Yeah. Um, and that's awesome. That's yeah. great. I do think we might get to a point where we have uh, some of the slow-end manufacturing that's in foreign countries, sort of seeing what's happened with the ships and depending upon other countries for everything. I think we might actually have some lower-end manufacturing that moves onshore and could be a, a perfect roll-in for crazy times. I know, crazy times. And a reversal of everything that's been going on. So yeah. I'll be, you'll, you'll ask the macro questions, I'll ask the micro questions. It's like good cop, bad cop. We're going back to <laughs> micro questions. Deal. How has this affected your business? Like specifically, has it been 10 times harder to fill roles? Have you had to up your prices? Have you, like, how have you all accommodated the massive shift in employment over the last two years? Yeah, those, uh, our interviews uh, went, uh, were cut by two, two thirds. You know, we used to interview anywhere from 70 to 100 people a week. Now it's maybe 30, maybe mm-hmm. 35. So a lot of our, um, our engagement are, you know, recruiters use the same tools, mm-hmm. right? Um, our, our biggest recruiting tool is, is referral, but next are all the job boards like everybody else uses. Um, so though a lot of those disappeared, you know, and so we've had to shift into roles that we know we can fill. So we've filled a lot more headhunting roles than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and so we still fill those lower manufacturing jobs, but companies, as they've increased their wages, we're paid on a percentage normally. Mm-hmm. So, um, we haven't really had to raise our prices because as their wages go up, so does our sure. our profitability. And for us to get someone to walk in our door is 10 times more expensive today than it was, I'd say three or four years ago. Yeah. Um, so, but that, that's just a cost that we know we have to, we have to bear and figure out where we can make that profit. So we do more skilled trades than we ever have before. We do more professional placements, accounting and finance and production management and mm-hmm. quality control management and stuff like that than we ever had before, which is... All of them are fun, just in different ways. Sure. So, and I, I like to ask the really dumb questions and you have to explain things to me like I'm five because uh, I, I didn't come from the business world, right? That's, that's so why we're both on this show. There man. it is. Yeah. Brilliance on the, the macro side <laughs> and ignorance on the micro side. And that's just okay. Brilliance and ignorance. There Those are is. the two primary things. But, you, said. Um, you know, we're, we're, we've been an, an actively growing company now for four or five years. And, and it wasn't until a few years back that I became aware of really the role that, uh, that companies like yours can help ours with. And so uh, just to make sure that our listeners fully understand as well, like, so let's say I have 
an employee or two who are going on maternity or paternity leave. And so we have a general idea, hey, we're going to have a need from January until June, right? Like, how does that walk me through just the general broad stroke process of how we would engage with you to make sure that we can have someone who comes in temporarily um, uh, in order to help our company not miss a step in the midst of one of our key employees maybe not being around? Right, and one thing I failed to mention at the very first is what when, when you ask what we do, mm-hmm. we also help change the lives of companies mm-hmm. um, because you're, you're right, we, we help those, those you know, in that scenario, it is literally calling us and, um, and saying, hey, we're having a, someone go on maternity, then we get a job description from you, we get exactly what your, your background requirements are, mm-hmm. um, and we, we go to work, and w- whether it's immediate, whether it's in the next two months, um, and then we get the proper recruiter that interviews those types of candidates. We have different like silos of business where those candidates are. And yeah, and we, we get, get to work and give us a start date and we'll have someone there. I mean, it's, it's, we try to make it as simple as possible, which is I think our selling point because we're a franchise-based uh, staffing agency and there's 800 of us nationwide, there's six here in the Metro, um, is, is we adapt our process to meet whatever your process is at your company. It's, it's like you walking down the hall to your HR department, mm-hmm. you're walking down the hall to express employment and hear our needs. Yeah. Well, uh, Trevor, we're so grateful that you helped us understand and fix employment, right? Uh, <laughs> fix. Use that. You can use that for the, uh, for the uh, teaser on the web. Um, but this is, let me be brief. So we, we do have to wrap this up. And so I'm going to take this away from talking about employment for a sec. I'm just yeah. curious, what's the coolest thing you've ever done? Yeah. So I've heard you ask other people and I'm like, gosh, what, what cool thing have I done? Well, when I was 19, um, I, I gave two years of my life to go serve people mm-hmm. and I was sent to Hamburg, Germany. Dang. So, uh, I got dropped into a strange land and I uh, had very, very little, uh, German training Yeah, and, uh, I came home fluent and, uh, dreaming and thinking in German, forgetting English words. Wow. And, uh, I got to, to, uh, really serve the German people and the German culture. And it was a, an amazing experience how at do, the age of 19. How do you say, let me be brief in German? Oh, <laughs> lass mich, let me be brief. All right, we are now going after a German audience. We <laughs> yeah. appreciate that. But. Ich bin ein und Berliner. <laughs> yes, you are a donut, yeah. Yep. <laughs> In seriousness, um, you know, on behalf of Emprise Bank, uh, uh, the J. Regan Co. Distillery, Let It Fly Media, and Swellspark, we're so grateful for you to come and share your insight and uh, your take on employment, and we wish you continued growth and success as you all continue to, to navigate and manage a really challenging and encouraging and hopefully very uh, full of opportunities time here in Kansas City. Awesome. Lass mich sei kurz. There you go. Bam. That's <laughs> how Put we a stamp it. on it. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Appreciate it.